Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project podcast. I'm Jay Harrington, and I'm pleased to welcome a guest today, Eric Pasifici, who is the founder of the SMB Law Group, a law firm, and he's also a former big law associate, which we'll talk about here today. So Eric, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jay. And I'll say co-founder. I've got some really excellent co-founders on my team, so don't want to make sure they're acknowledged. Got it, for sure. Um, understood. Okay, so I do want to start uh, by asking you to kind of tell the story of how you and your partners co-founded your firm. Um, and on Twitter, uh, relatively recently, you described uh, your firm as arguably the first social media-driven law firm. And I want to hear more about that. And I'll tease it by saying that this story uh, involves uh, an anonymous Twitter account that you started while working as an associate at Kirkland and Ellis. So with that being said, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, for sure. It's it's in my pinned tweet on Twitter. If anybody's interested in kind of the long version, I'll give you the the short and maybe more interesting version. But um, we, you know, we uh, started our firm myself, a partner named Kevin Henderson, who's in Dallas, Texas. A you know, start guy who started his career at Cravath. Um, a third partner named Sam Rosati, who's in Tampa, who's a UVA educated attorney, but left big law after a couple of years to go buy businesses himself, and has been pretty prolific and runs a micro PE fund as well on the side. And, and um, I had been working at Kirkland and Ellis and some other large law firms. Um, most of my career was at Gibson, Dun & Crutcher in Dallas, doing private equity M&A and different types of transactions. Um, and I became interested in entrepreneurship through acquisition. It's ETA is a movement in the kind of the elite MBA programs where some of the smartest guys and gals in the country are realizing that, hey, instead of going and working at McKinsey or at Goldman or on Wall Street and killing myself, I can go buy a profitable, established, small business, smaller, medium-sized business, use SBA debt to finance the transaction. And instead of going and killing myself you know, on Wall Street for 200,000 bucks a year, I can go buy a million dollars in earnings for you know somewhere typically between two and a half and five times earnings. So concretely, you, know, you could go buy a million dollar business or a business that earns a million dollars a year for two and a half to five times and then pay that debt off and then be a debt-free cash flowing millionaire in your early 30s. A very attractive concept growing very prolifically, especially because there is a phenomenon in our our uh uh, economy and in our culture right now called the great wealth transfer, where somewhere along the lines of $70 trillion in baby boomer wealth is going to transfer to Gen X and the millennials uh, over the next decade. And a large chunk of that are small businesses that don't have anybody to take the business. You know, you've built a thriving HVAC business and your kids have gone off to private schools and now they're lawyers, accountants, doctors. They don't want to come home and run a plumbing company. Um, so you've got to sell it, right? And there's a ton of that going on. And so some really smart people have become aware of that and have um, endeavored to do that. We started networking in that space because I thought, hey, I'm going to leave the law and go buy a business myself because you know, running a business like that to me sounds a lot more interesting and entrepreneurial than being a transactional attorney, uh, which I actually genuinely enjoy, maybe more in the small firm solo practice than I did in 
you know, with big law expectations. Um, and so I started networking through social media and I actually started doing it primarily through Twitter, believe it or not. Some of your audience will be surprised to hear that. There's a big rift between people who are on LinkedIn and people who are on Twitter. Um, you know, there's very few people who overlap, but there is a really robust uh, Twitter community called SMB Twitter, small, medium-sized business Twitter. It's a small corner of Twitter where all people talk about are business buying, operating, selling, and the real people who have done substantive things. And you benefit on Twitter um, for the ability to be anonymous. And so I was at Kirkland. I knew I couldn't go do this publicly because they probably would have fired me, to be honest. <laughs> um, and so I started networking by tweeting about M&A and about business buying in an effort to um, cultivate relationships to try to go buy a business myself and then got overrun by people saying, hey, you know, I'm looking for a high quality transactional attorney who's entrepreneurial that knows M&A and will help me with my two, four, six, eight, $10 million deal. And what I didn't realize being at Kirkland um, when I was billing at 1500 bucks an hour, thinking I'd go out and find these people for the, you know, the folks that I've now built relationships with is that they largely don't exist, right? Most M&A lawyers are upmarket, good ones. They want to do 50, $100 million deals. They're too expensive and they really don't make sense in the small business um, context either because they're built to represent private equity funds that are doing large transactions and they bill by the hour. And, you know, that really doesn't work well in the small business concept uh, context. So small business buyers today are stuck between mid-market attorneys that are too expensive. and don't make sense. Or, you know, the guy who will take whatever that comes to the door that doesn't know M&A terms and frankly kind of gets their ass kicked, excuse my language, in M&A negotiations on indemnity terms and survival periods and things like that. Um, and so we said, hey, let's, you know, Kevin, myself and Sam said, let's build something specific for small business ETA and for small business buying and selling. Um, and we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. We launched around this time last year, May of last year, it was just myself and Kevin doing deals and Sam was originating deals kind of in a, you know, whatever rainmaking type capacity um, based on his relationships. And we got overrun. Kevin and I did 28 deals in the second half of last year. And now we've grown our team up to about total teams, about 13. We've got about 10 lawyers. Um, and the marketplace is really hot and it's, re it's really fun. So we've built what I have characterized, or I think I, I could barely characterize <laughs> maybe the first social media driven law firm, because the vast majority of our work and our relationships are from, believe it or not, Twitter. And some of that is expanding into LinkedIn um, as well. I bet there are others out there, but I, if I'm not aware of them, so feel free to, um, to fact check me on that. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't fact check that too hard. I mean, certainly there are individual lawyers who have, you know, done what you've done and, and grown their own practices. But as far as a firm, you know, really utilizing social media in the way you guys have, that is that is unique. I mean, if you're not the only, uh, you're you're one of a handful, that's for sure, as far as as far as I can see. So um, well, that's great. I, I loved here I love hearing that story and and congrats on the the fast growth you guys have experienced. Um, I think it's really smart. I mean, one of the first things you said, which I think uh, is a takeaway for for some people is you're thinking really big picture about what are some of the underlying trends that could be driving your business. And you mentioned the, the great wealth transfer um, that's occurring and will play out over you know, many years, the greatest wealth transfer in, in history. Um, and you guys are well positioned for that. So that's, um, that's an important aspect, I'm sure, of your, your growth story. 
but let's let's stay briefly on the topic of social media because um, I know you are. I, I think you've probably gotten more active on LinkedIn over the last year, I would imagine. Um, but you know, your Twitter has really grown as well. You're up to I think over eighty five thousand followers now, which is uh, which is awesome. Um, so are there a couple, you know, I, I don't know, I'm sure your approach has evolved over time and you've gotten more effective at what you're doing. But, um, you know, I think there's many of our listeners are interested in creating content and developing relationships on social media, but some of them don't just, they don't necessarily see the tie between posting content and generating, you know, relationships and opportunities for new, some, uh, for new business. Are there a couple of uh, principles, uh, lessons that you can share in terms of you know, how you use these tools uh, effectively that might be helpful for other people. Yeah, totally. Um, And, you know, it's, it's going to vary from practice group and Mm -hmm. context to context and whatever else. And I've seen a lot of people come forward and try to emulate what we've done and, you know, varying degrees of success. Most people don't succeed in doing Mm -hmm. it. And I think what we did in, in establishing our presence is, I set out initially, I had no objective of generating work, right? That was not my my goal in building my Twitter account. My goal was to build relationships and learn. And what I was doing was sharing what I knew and trying to provide value in order to use that as currency to have people want to talk to me and to listen to me and to network with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we built a, I think, a really hearty brand around our firm because it came from a place of sincerity of, listen, we're really just trying to add value to this conversation because there were a lot of people who were talking about small business, but almost nobody who was talking about the legal components of the business buying process. And so I saw that and said, hey, let, let me chime in and 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 do that. And in, in that period of time, we wrote a masterclass even, like we wrote a whole newsletter telling every, just giving it away, going, listen, here is how you buy a business from start to finish from the diligence all the way to the purchase agreement. I'm not holding anything back. Other lawyers, if you wanna take this knowledge and apply it in your practice, feel free. We don't care with a total abundance mindset of, hey, there's one, we're not even trying to monetize this at all, but two, like the, even if we were, there's plenty for all of us and we don't need to be you know, holding secrets because the, the trick with marketing, I think, is that if people don't know you exist, Jay, they're not gonna buy from you, right? And so there are folks who take that to an extreme that have very flamboyant brands and say borderline crazy things that I would never say, but now people know they exist and they're making money online hand over fist as a result of it. I think that there's a happy medium, right? You Mm -hmm. share the things that our fathers would not have shared, right? Our dads would have been like, you don't give that information. Even this podcast, don't, don't tell Jay everything you know about how to build a firm because he's going to go build a competing firm. I don't care. <laughs> build a competing firm. There's plenty for all of us. And if people know we exist because we're having these conversations, we're sending the tweets, we're writing about substantive stuff, then they'll buy from us. If I hold it all close to the vest, no one's ever going to know I exist. And we're in a marketplace now where you got to make, you just have to make noise. Mm-hmm. You have to make noise. And people want to hear from people. They don't want to hear from brands. My partner, Kevin, wrote a uh, Twitter thread on uh, Kevin Henderson um, at K Henderson Co. on Twitter. He wrote a thread on um, the distinctions in, in um, legal entity between C-Corps, S-Corps, LLCs, pass-through taxation, why you may want to utilize a C-Corp 
qualified small business stock, stuff that law firms have been writing about forever. That thread was seen by over 500,000 people in the first 24 hours. And I, I, I said out loud at the time, I'm like, I don't think that this has ever happened before. I don't think anybody's no. ever written on qualified small business stock before and had half of a million eyeballs in 24 hours. Like that's a very bizarre phenomenon. Um, and I suspect that there are some competitors of ours that read that thread and now know how to talk to their clients about qualified small business stock, but that's a huge net win for us um, in our personal brand as practitioners. So make noise, build relationships and don't, don't, you cannot enter the marketplace with fear and with I'm keeping everything I know close to the vest because no one will ever know you exist. Yeah, no, those are, I agree wholeheartedly with all of that. And, and those are lessons we, we preach as well, where, you know, you have, you do have to be visible. Um, you know, you have to be top, you have to be top of mind when opportunity arises too. And that's hard to do at scale and in, in any place other than social media, because legal demand is unpredictable. Um, and you have to be, be there in front of people when they realize they have a challenge that requires a lawyer and, um, and yeah, give it away for free. People aren't looking at to do it themselves. Um, and you know, you're just at, by giving away, you know, valuable information, you're building trust. And then, you know, when people do reach out, it's all about, is this a good fit? And it is, you know, does the, do the economics of it work out? They don't, you don't, they don't need to vet you for your expertise. They've already developed that level of trust with you. I mean, I, I imagine yeah. that's been the experience you've had, um, which is powerful, 100%. right? It makes business development so much easier in that respect. So well, so. And, and, and share your whole person, Jay, right? Mm -hmm. like don't, people want to get to know you. There's, you know, mm -hmm. lots of different interesting psychological um, theories that are, have big words that I don't well, I'll yeah. try to cite here, but point being is if they know the whole Jay Harrington, like there are elements of you as an individual that are going to make people go, I don't want to work with Jay, right? right. We're not going to be a good fit to work together for 90 days in a M&A transaction. Let them find that out now before yes. you even get on the phone with them, right? And so that's been my experience is when I get on the phone with people, they know about my kids. They know about mm -hmm. the fact that he eats on Friday. They know about where I live. They know, you know, and, and that's great stuff because they've already made a decision on me before we even talk. And that's yeah. that's what you want to have happen. You want yeah. those decisions to be good ones, but yeah, yeah exactly. Decisions nonetheless, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's as much of a, you know, an attraction mechanism as it, it is a repulsion mechanism for the wrong fit client. So um, I think that's that is a big part of getting both your ideas and, you know, a sense of who you are as a, a person as well. So I think that that makes great sense. Um, all right. So let's talk about one other kind of related issue. Uh, but maybe this is a little bit more on the firm level as opposed to your personal approach. But um, you guys have a, a very clearly defined niche. And I think that's something that a lot of lawyers and law firms struggle with. I mean, I would describe it as both a vertical niche in the sense that you serve a particular type of business in SMB as opposed to anyone, um, and also a horizontal niche, which is I, correct me if I'm wrong, but primarily transactional work, right? Yep. Um, and and I'm sure you, you know a lot of law firms. Um, first, they have a they have a hard time, you know, sort of as they put it, pigeonholing themselves because they're worried about missing out on opportunity. Um, and then they also, um, as they start to grow, they often first thing that they start thinking is, well, we could start doing employment uh, law work for these clients or commercial litigation, and they start adding on layers, and then they become undifferentiated. So, can you just talk a little bit about how you guys think about niche and and differentiation from a firm level standpoint? Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, we we happen to be in a space where there's high volume, right? And that isn't every space. 
So, I mean, obviously you want to, like we talked about before, you want to find market trends that are going to support you and you're going to have wind at your back. I mean, don't start a business where you've got wind at your face. Like that's just business one-on-one, whether it's legal or otherwise, but have wind at your back. And if you have enough wind at your back, then the question is, okay, how do we do an, you know, are we a premium business where I'm baking one or two cakes a month, but they're very expensive. And, you know, when the wealthiest person in town wants a cake, they're coming to me. And so I can do that. Or am I, you know, Publix, and I'm baking thousands of cakes a month. And if so, like, what, how do I price that? And, and, you know, the vast majority of us in main street business are going to be the latter, you know, we're going to be trying to bake a lot of cakes. And if you're doing that, then you need to be very close to home. And I talk to my team about this all the time. I'm like, listen, some of these deals may sound interesting. And if you want to go chase work, I never tell anybody like, if you want to do a deal, do it like a full support. But the closer we stay to home, the better we're going to be at what we do. The more of it we're going to be able to do as a result, more money we're going to be able to make and more time we're going to have. Right. And so you, you want to do that, I think, in the first instance. And this applies not just to building a, um, a pipeline of work, but also building a brand, right? When, when people think of you and your either your legal or business brand, like they need to think of you for one thing, right? You're hitting the wall in the same spot a million times until mm-hmm. you break through that wall. Once you break through that wall, and there's, again, there's big words for these psychological concepts, but people will, will all of a sudden listen to you talk about anything. They'll listen to your input on any legal subject. And so, you know, build a big brand by being very narrow at first, and then mm-hmm. you can kind of build an empire after that. But you've mm-hmm. got to start off with that niche. The trick is, and, you know, this harkens back to the 08 recession, but like think of the guys who were like, rule 144a experts in new york mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get smashed by a global recession that work goes away and now you're you know you've been doing that for 15 years you're going to move to topeka kansas and do family law like it's not going to happen right like yeah. so you're you're screwed so you've got to find a way to 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 do to do both you know mm-hmm. and, and you know i i if if the business buying work ran out tomorrow i hope that we could transition into other transactional work um relatively smoothly but I don't know. So, but, but you don't have a choice, right? You'll never be known in the marketplace as good at everything. And that applies on social media, you know, go tweet about anything and everything. You'll never get followers. Nobody will ever listen to you. If you brand yourself, like a lot of people have done as car dealership guy mm-hmm. you tweet about cars, then people will go, Oh, he's the car expert. And they'll click follow. And they'll go, I, that's the guy I go to when I have car questions, you know? Um, so it's, I, th- I really think it's everything in life. You just, you have to be, you got to be good at, you got to hit that wall in the same spot a lot of times before you can start, you know, before you break through and you can spread out. Yeah. I like, I think that's a great way to put it. And it's true. It's not necessarily about never expanding. Some people never do expand and they build incredible businesses staying very narrow, but in a law firm context, yeah, it's, it's the route to growth. If you do want to grow bigger and and more horizontally, like, having that initial traction, gaining that initial, you know, kind of foothold is, is critical. I mean, I think back to, um, I, I started practicing at, at Skadden um, in 2001 and, and Joe Flom was still around and kind of still coming into the office and, you know, was the legend. But I mean, if you think back to the 
the founding of, of SCAD and he was the first associate and he, he became known as the, you know, the foremost expert in sort of hostile takeover work that many firms found distasteful back in the sixties and maybe early seventies. And, um, they dominated that space and they grew into, you know, a, a global firm with, with all practices, but it was all on the back of that you know, area of specialization that allowed them to, you know, gain yeah. that initial reputation. So it, it that, that, stories repeated over and over in, in almost every firm, you know, that you think about. So, um, well, and that's how you build wealth too, right? How do people yeah. get wealthy? They get wealthy doing one thing, mm -hmm. right? And then they diversify. If you try to build wealth through diversification, and, and that's what they preach to most people who don't have very much money is diversify, right? So that you don't lose it. But yep. um, if you're going to build true wealth, every single person who's ever built true wealth did it with one thing. Mm -hmm. And then that all of a sudden they're wealthy. Now I have to preserve it. Now I diversify. Right. And that's the exact same way you should build your legal brand and the exact same way you should build your legal business. Yeah, I agree. Agree completely. Um, all right, Eric. So last last question or topic here uh, before we let you go. So if you if we think about, you know, social media as a primary means of kind of gaining awareness, you know, building trust, getting people into the firm, sort of the top of the funnel, um, are there some other uh, kind of principles or lessons or tactics that that you guys think about, you know, as you're as you're building your firm, um, in terms of like deepening relationships with clients, and I guess other, you know, if we if we call social media marketing, like, are there some business development lessons that that you've um, you know learned and and practice that uh, have been successful for you? I mean, the, the obvious one, Jay, is you gotta love what you do, man. Mm -hmm. You gotta love it. And I love business buying. I love the concept of entrepreneurship through acquisition. I'm obsessed with it. I've got books everywhere. Every <laughs> coffee table's filled with books behind me. I, tw I tweet about it 22 hours a day because if I wasn't tweeting about it, I'd be talking to my wife about it. I'd be talking to <laughs> anybody who would talk to me about it. And so to do that, to have the stamina to do that, to build the brand, mm -hmm. to build the business, you got to really dig what you do. Mm -hmm. And it may take a while and, and not everybody's that fortunate, right? Like you got to also got to put food on the table. And some of us are just not going to think that estate planning is super cool, but you, yeah, maybe that's what you know how to do. So you go yeah. do it for a little while, but if you're going to build a big, meaningful brand and a big, meaningful business, like you're going to have to dig what you do. Mm -hmm. And so search your soul to find that and don't be afraid to break out. And I was lucky because I was an M&A attorney and I fell in love with small business M&A, but I still had to make a huge switch switch, right? Mm -hmm. I had to say, I'm not worried because I can't do this in big law. So I got to forget about big law salaries. I got to forget about big law prestige. I got to forget about all the stuff that comes along with being a Skadden lawyer like you were, and mm -hmm. now go start my own law firm and have a lot of people laugh at me and think I'm an idiot, think I'm crazy and whatever else. And I have to love it enough to not care about that. And, um, and, and if you're able to do that, you can, you can build something unique for yourself. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, that's a great lesson. And, and yeah, it, it resonates. I mean, I, uh, I started my own small firm after uh, leaving big law as well. And um, yeah, that's, you know, just the entrepreneur, even just the, the autonomy and entrepreneurial opportunities as a, as a small business owner like that is, is exciting. Um, and it's not for everyone, like you said, but um, it's, you know, big law is not the only you know way to proceed and build a career in the, in the legal profession. So a lot of um, people think it is Jay. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. don't realize. A lot of people yeah, we, I, I don't know if I realized. So 
Yeah, yeah, no, we, we got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, questions and, and doubts uh, thrown our way too when we started our firm. So, well, Eric, uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for um, being so open and, and sharing a lot of great information for our listeners. Uh, so where would you point people? Obviously, maybe just obviously connect with you on LinkedIn, maybe share your Twitter handle so people can find yeah. you there if you want to share your law firm website as well. Yeah, so we're SMB Law Group, small, medium-sized business, SMB Law Group. Um, I'm on Twitter as SM, at SMB, small, medium-sized business, underscore attorney. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm a lot more fun, put that in quotes, <laughs> on Twitter um, yeah. than I am on LinkedIn. But um, yeah, and, and feel free, if anybody has any questions or any or wants to chat about building a law firm, buying a business, anything. I'm happy to chat anytime. So, so feel free to reach out. Cool. And for our listeners, we'll include all of Eric's links in the show notes. So check those out. So, well, Eric, uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today and uh, good luck with building your firm. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com. 